Streaming services got you down? Did they remove a TV series while you were in the middle of watching it? Did they delete a film that you previously paid for? Physical media is the answer to these problems, and the Disc Connected is your guide. Hi, I'm Ryan Verrill, creator of the Disc Connected, a podcast and YouTube channel dedicated to all things physical media, including 4K UHDs, Blu-rays, DVDs, and even VHS tapes. Each week, the Disconnected releases an interview with an industry professional like director Sean Baker and hosts a live show with a guest to highlight all of the boutique physical media releases that were announced in the seven days prior. Following these announcements, the guest and host also discuss a topic in film. Previous topics have ranged from favorite films directed by a specific director to impactful films that are directed by women. You can find the Disconnected on the podcast service of your choice or on YouTube. I hope to see you in the live chat. Everyone, welcome to the Center Clueless Podcast, the podcast that takes a day-by-day approach to politics. I am your co-host, Billy Ray Bruton. And I'm Eric Serwell, your other co-host, who has now successfully once again avoided doing the opening uh, comments. Thank you very oh. much. I, oh, we're gonna I throw you back you in that. there. We're gonna throw you back <laughs> I in there. I do. I was like, okay, thank God he's not asking me to do that this morning. Also, <laughs> I'm reminded of the the so what I don't think anybody has necessarily heard on the podcast was the Odyssey. Uh, of, of us looking for music and we're still oh. on this uh we're still on this yep. uh canned music and we attempted to get this uh band to let us use their music and they uh they actually asked for editorial control over our content they sure uh, did i was like yeah no we're not doing that uh that, funny, let's be though, clear though they asked for editorial control over a podcast that has six episodes and that currently has like a hundred <laughs> listeners hundred listeners so, like uh, well, what if it goes? What if it goes viral over something oh, hateful I know, said? I know. And I'm like, Jesus, are you? I'm like, you guys are dead. These guys, look, I love them, and I can't say who they are because I don't want to out them. But man, are they dead when it comes to the real world of music? And they have zero editorial, not only zero editorial control. We had actually offered them a little like stipend of like two fifty yep. an episode that would go up if if we became you know as our listenership went up and they man when they get to the real world of music they're going to be disappointed and i would assert maybe they're not even going to be able to function but anyways so um it'll be interesting when we actually get the, yes, the new it music it will be yes, good it will. because it's still the you know, the, sort it's, of the, it's very bongo heavy <laughs> bongo it's boogie. very very yeah. bongo heavy actually for those who don't know every day de- every time we record this it's actually me off camera playing my bongos <laughs> to lead yeah. us into the Politics and, <laughs> politics and bongos. That's what my 2023 is about. Right, with the dog jumping around in the background. That's perfect. Oh, yeah. You're going to see Hooper and Westcott doing all sorts of maniacal shit in the background. That's just I, I yeah, that's just life. So Hooper uh, and Westcott. Wait, wait. Hooper and Westcott. That's right. Jesus Christ. Well, let's dude. be clear. Hooper I named after my one of my favorite films, Jaws. And Westcott came to me with that name. And he was so attached to it, I couldn't get rid of it. Well, no, no. It's just that Westcott sounds pretty. It sounds either. Uh, it sounds very, you know, like Westcott. It's almost, pre- almost, almost pretentious for a dog. But that's oh no, it's very pretentious. <laughs> it's very pretentious. He sounds Cooper and Westcott. Like, like 
of the, the of the Seattle Westcots. Yes, yes, sir. Um, he sounds fancy, but he's just a fucking mutt. Yeah, just a fucking mutt. Right. Um, but uh, one with a fancy ass name. Uh, boy, uh, so much has happened in the political world over the last week. Dare I say, the most that has happened since we started recording this yeah. podcast in one single week, too. Yeah, Jesus. Um. You know, so we've got a few things that we want to talk about uh, this episode, and this episode will be the first since the introductory episode where we do not have a guest because there was so much that happened. We were just like, we would rather just hit everything ourselves, and then we'll have a guest back next week. So uh, you're just going to be listening to us two schlubs uh, narrating horror for the next 90 minutes. Um, and we're going to kick off with what I consider to be, let's be clear. I'm not someone who generally gets excited or enthusiastic about the death of a fellow human being. That is not normally who I am. But I would be lying if I said that I didn't dance a merry jig when I read that Pat Robertson, Pat 700 Club Robinson, died this week at the ripe old age of 90 who gives a fuck. Um Boy, that there's a lot to unpack. Yeah, there. yeah. Why do you hate him so much? That's so that was the thing that I I, I was going to ask you offline, and I didn't. And I'm shocked do. that you even have to ask well, me no, I mean, why I, mean, I, I have, hate I, Pat I, Robertson. I, I think it's because you're a gay man. I think it's because, but I don't well, know. That's part I'm of it, but that that's up. certainly not all of it. I why? mean, why do okay. why do you hate Swag- why do you hate Swagger Robertson so much? Swagger, it's part of my conversation about this. But why do you hate Pat Robertson so much? Well, uh, let's see, because, oh gosh, where to even begin? So when it comes to the gays, he says that we cause hurricanes. He says that we caused AIDS and that AIDS was a punishment from God. Uh, in 2001, uh, when talking with Jerry Falwell, he basically blamed 9-11 on the ACLU. Um, well, yeah, okay. I mean, I mean come not, on. But, that's, but that's, 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 he's not the only weirdo conservative making stupid no 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 he's not he's but he might be the one with the biggest platform and and that is the difference and let's not forget i mean he ran for president in 1988 and is a big reason a big reason why the republican party is the way it is now he planted those seeds he's the one he's the one that brought the the Republican the Party one back who, around to courting the evangelical vote. He is the oh absolutely. He is the one who who basically said he basically took the eight years that Republicans jacked off over Ronald Reagan and said, You're not hateful enough. And I'm going to build my own Republican Party around a more hateful version of what you've been doing, Ron. Right. And and that laid and that laid the groundwork. I mean, it's not it's not just him. Like it's people like Lee Atwater certainly contributed too. Right. But, Absolutely. but Pat Robertson has, you know, he is, he was proudly saying in interviews, he was like, he, his mission was to convert Democrats. That was his mission. Like right. I want to convert Democrats through my holy program, the 700 club. Like he was just, I think he was an evil piece of shit. And I would I said the same thing about Jerry Falwell. I think this I think the same about a lot of like a lot of these religious figures. I, I won't include people like Al Sharpton in that because I don't I don't agree with that. But he's just awful. He did a lot of awful things. He hurt a lot of people. And um, just as a queer person and nothing else, peace out, motherfucker. 
Right. (laughs) Enjoy wherever the fuck you are. Right. I mean, you know what's funny is I... I... So... In my world, so and, and they realize I realized how much of my lens is in my is in my conversation about this. So I I apologize, but in my world, it was the breakdown, you know, the, those televangelist breakdowns in the late eighties, early nineties, yeah. where I just was like, who gives a shit what these people think, what they say? And to be fair, I think in greater culture, that was the beginning of the end for evangelical power. Into in total over society. What I didn't take into account then, because uh, I didn't know, was I didn't realize how much underground niche belief there was in these things. Like, yeah, it was some you know. So there are books that are sold in these spaces that the you know the New York Times bestseller list doesn't touch. So there are books that are actually selling millions and millions of copies that none of us know about, and they're yep. the crankiest bullshit religious books. If you're not a believer, right? Obviously, I am not a hardcore believer in all of that. So I. Think of it as, you know, kind of woo-woo. You know, it's just as yeah. if you're going to come talk to me about, you know, how I'm an Aries, I'm going to be just as disdainful of it, right? Like, well, you know, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of uh, cherry picking in those things. Just like with religionism, I really, it was the late 80s. And again, for me, it was the, and I bring, I brought it up and I'll, I'll say it again. It was when Jimmy Swaggers did the, I have sinned against you, you know, that horse shit, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, that was the end of it for me. And Robertson for me was always just a constant reminder of the ridiculousness yeah. of evangelical thought, the ridiculousness of, and what was sad is there, there were parts of the evangelical lifestyle that I, you know, like the family, this, that, the other, all good. And religious people in my family were always great. To honestly, outside of their just their 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 judgment towards others, when it yeah. came down to the day to day game, they were living their 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 space. They were they were showing up, being for family, being positive towards family. I didn't see any of these things as bad things, but man, it was the evangelical breakdown in the eighties and nineties that had me not caring about him. But even you bringing up the couple of things that you brought up, he has been a source of hatred. And a source of maybe let's pull it even away from the word hatred. He's been a source of intolerance for a long time. And the fact that he died, it's kind of like we're done with that one. Let's move on yeah. to the next. You no, know, it, it's it's been a mess. You know, it very much does feel that way to me. And um there are only so many of these like vestiges from that time period left, right? Um and he was kind of the last of sort of the bulwark like establishment guys you've got people now like joel osteen who i think is just as bad right it might even be worse to some degree right but um but they don't have the same kind of i would say cultural impact that someone like pat robertson did no. and does no. yeah. like he i mean here was a guy that was so emboldened and so in his uh ministry that he was like oh i can run for president and maybe win yeah and um yeah i just you know i I try not to speak ill of the dead, but sometimes you just can't help it. No, you're, you're absolutely dancing. When they spend this. their you're whole life, this guy's fucking great. When they spend their whole life, uh, speak basically speaking ill of other people. 
I think it's appropriate that we can speak ill of them when they're gone. Right, and, right. Um, and then I, I will hear, you know, there'd be, oh, but what if one of his family members was listening? Fuck them too. Yeah. I'm sorry. And, I don't give a shit. Like your dad was a monster. And, and he knew it. And he knew his. <laughs> or your so, like, grandfather he, or your great grandfather. Right. I don't and give a shit. He was a faith healer in the beginning, which is what's interesting about that is he got out of faith healing when it became, you know, in other words, when his, it's it, what, one of the things that's, one of the things that I said interesting, what's very interesting to me is it's the advancement of media over time that has caused a lot of these guys, mostly men, to change their game up, right? Like yeah. as soon as there was recorded video that was commonly used in media as a way for evangelical conversations to spread, he stopped faith healing because you can blatantly – so many faith healers, you know, uh, the amazing Randy – went after him years and years ago, right? Um, went after Robertson, discussed Robertson's faith healing. And it was the amazing Randy that took so many of these guys down, you know, the faith healers. But he got out of that and somehow survived it. And then it was his multiple failed predictions throughout the 80s, throughout the 90s, you know, Robertson, Robertson's failed predictions. That again, media exposed. And then so this last 20 years, right, it's been just him pushing intolerance, religious intolerance, oh, yeah. and in many ways, religious hate, the classic old school religious intolerance and hate that, you know, he's just another toxic, he's another toxic piece of crud that finally got caught up in the filter of old age. You know, he's yeah. he's been filtered out, thank God. And I just, <laughs> I don't know, man, I, 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 I there's, there's so many people that I hope are just filtered out too, ultimately, because now that I see it from this, where I just want stability for my daughter. That's what's funny is now I realize that um, how my political, personal political uh, space has changed is I'm not looking for the revolution, right? I really am not because I know what happens in revolution, what happens in war is, well, what's happening in Ukraine right now? You know, there's innocent people dying innocent women and children being hurt and raped. It's terrible. And yeah. so, um, you know, nowadays I just want to see people with bad ideas be diminished and to go away, not necessarily canceled. Right. Cause there's a whole cancel culture conversation. Now there's, there's space for evangelicals to live and to exist oh. and to have their conversations like every American should be able to have their conversations. But man, the ability to push intolerance like that, yeah, I don't. I There's don't the thing. That. Like, I don't. If you want to be evangelical, I don't. I don't give a damn. You are allowed to believe whatever you want to believe, and I don't mind you out there doing whatever you do, as long as you're not inciting like violence or hatred against another group. Like, then you've crossed a line, and I go from respecting your rights as an American citizen to thinking to wanting to fucking destroy you. Like, that's the difference. Like, if you can't. If you can't be confident enough in your own beliefs with whatever group you're, you know, ministering to, I don't care. If you can't be confident enough in your own beliefs and the own structure of the religion that you are currently residing in, if you can't be confident enough where you where you can't go out and try to harm and damage other people, I would argue it's not much of a fucking religion. Right. And and the kind of weird thing for me that's going on is with all of the <clears throat> with all of the angst going towards 
uh, gender, the gender conversation right now. Yeah. The yeah. amount of evangelical motherfuckers trying to see. This is why we shouldn't have given the gays the rights to marry, because now they're here to take your children. Oh, I like that, this. I like. I, I want. I want to hear this impression come back regularly. Sorry. I, I'm I, sorry. I, I, I like the angry, nondescript bigot. Right. I like that. Right. Like, well, but you know what I'm talking about. Like that. Yeah. That just. That just fucking unhinged bullshit. Oh, yeah. That I'm hearing from a lot of very religious people, where they're like, "This is why gays shouldn't have been allowed into." you know, into society yeah. in a complete way. This is why, uh, you know, tolerance towards LGBTQ, but in this case, it's just LGB that we're talking about yeah. in that space. I, I'm like, come on. I, well, I, all of the, all of the bullshit that you heard about gay parents, for instance, oh. which is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Like the true story, the true story of gay parents is their kids see gayness as something that they might want to rebel against. It's not something that they're, in other words, gay parents aren't causing gay children. Not at all. Which was a big conversation that would happen around that. And I'm hearing that again. And I mean, straight parents don't cause straight children or we wouldn't have gay people. Right. And to be clear, gay parents, it, you want to know what it ends up being the same old shit. I, 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 it's funny because I've had the opportunity to be very close with several sets of gay parents and their kids fuck with them just the same. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's just the same shit. Worse. You're getting, you're getting, your kids are going to eat you fucking alive for no matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter. And if you think that being away as a parent is something that's going to encourage your child to be that way, get the fuck out of here. And so yeah. I, all of the, not only is all of the old bullshit, not only dead, but now proven dead, at least in my world. To hear it again, you're just like, are you kidding, you guys? It, it's, that, it's over with. The conversations about gay people in modern society is over with. There isn't. It's not mental illness. It's just a preference for another, it's for another set of body parts, right? That's really what it is. It's 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 a preference for a set of body parts. It's a preference for a space. Hey, you guys gotta is, let that shit go and uh, let it go. It's fucking nuts. And the, and 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 you know what? Robertson dying. What's funny is you know in the next couple of years he would have had so much to say because of the resurgence oh, in yeah. sort of the oh, anti-gay yeah. uh, space that's showing up in the transgendered conversation. Let's be in clear. There. Yeah. Holes or poles? Choose. Choose. <laughs> That's, those is your those is your options. Shut the fuck up. Hold the polls, choose and go. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, I, I think I think Pat Robertson is a good example of someone who started out not as extreme as he became, but just basically followed the wave of the Republican Party over the years. I think he was smart in the extent of like in 1988 when he ran for president, he knew how he needed to run. Right. Yeah. Like yeah. that was at the that was at the you know, that was at the, the end of the Reagan administration when we were starting to realize that maybe the 80s weren't so great. And I think he realized he was going to have to bolster this new faction of the Republican Party. And then he has just been following that faction's whims ever since. Now, I'm sure he believes right. them too. Don't get me wrong. I'm not letting him off the hook. I think he believes every hateful thing that he's throwing out there. But um I but, he, think, but he's all, he's also aware of he's it's not it's not pure hate meaning and when I say pure hate I'm not saying uh, I don't know if I agree with that well no it's hate 
But when I say it's not pure hate, it's not authentic hate in many ways. I'm just telling you, I think that he gauged, he was very calculated, is what I'm saying. Robertson was calculated. I don't so disagree while with he that. he actually hated gay people, maybe, his presentation of his hate was absolutely politically, it ran through a political filter, it ran through a societal filter that he thought. In other words, he was very careful about how he presented his bullshit from the time he got, I mean, well, actually, I assert, oh, like I said, over his whole career, when he got called out for his, for his faith healing, he stopped doing it. When he got called out, you know what I'm saying? He yeah. had some, uh, you know, he was, he was managing his, his image. And so when people manage their image that well, kind of, I don't know if they actually believe it. Maybe they're just, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I, I disagree. I think he meant every single word of what he said, as ridiculous as it was. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that he wasn't. It's interesting because we use the we hear the word grooming a lot these days. <laughs> we're talking yeah. about Democrats because, of course, right. Republicans we're all grooming kids because we're all pedophiles. Um, right. That's sort of what Pat Robertson was doing to his followers, right? He was grooming <clears throat> them. Right, right. So he's letting him in on the on the initial. Here's here. I'm, here's the softer Pat Robertson, and then when you got deeper into it, then he presented the more. But then, uh, yeah. yeah. But at the same time, he is also being groomed himself by sort of the whims of that far right evangelical side of the party. Right. So like. He's being groomed in one way in his policies and politics while he's grooming millions of people across this country to follow his twisted, hateful way of thinking. Right. And, you know, I, I mean, I, I wonder how many of these racists and bigots that we have out there now, I wonder how many of them are, I, I'll, let's just call them Pat's bigots. Right. Like how many people is he responsible for? Uh, yeah, see, I, I think that maybe that crowd's a lot older. I don't think anybody knew. I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. I don't think he's getting like the young people down for what he's doing. But I think there's still. I mean, there's still a lot of old people out there, right? And they're also the most politically active. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean, I would say anybody who even grew up like I did. I mean, I knew Pat Robertson. Like I, he was on. Like I, even people my age, I think, and a little bit younger, they're very familiar with Pat Robertson, especially in the South, primarily because their parents are familiar with him. Well, but so do you think that that? So do you think that he was a force? Like where where does his where do, where does his uh, his influence where's what's the age cutoff for Robertson's influence in your opinion? Oh gosh, I would say now, I, I would say anyone under forty is probably not going to be as influenced by him. Got it. Okay, I would so say, I would say anybody under I would say forty to fifty is not going to be a huge amount. Like I I'm in that category, right. and I certainly was influenced by him, but not in a way that would make me support him. But um, I would say 30 or, or 40 and under people are probably safe. And I would say 40 to 50 is kind of mixed. But I, over yeah. 50, yeah, I think people over 50 uh, know who I he mean, is. I mean, I'm, I mean, here's the thing. For me, at 53, uh, I think he is – I think for Gen X, he's an example of the dying breed. He was the – I think for many Gen Xers who had to live in the world – somewhat begot by him right mm -hmm. you were just like oh, that, i'm telling you that 80s was just <laughs> it was every televangelist sure yeah. turned out to be an asshole and oh, you're like well you're, you guys are all talking shit and so i 
I, I think that for boomers, he's absolutely still, for many religious boomers, he was actually very, but boomers are all old now. Most no, no, boomers look, are I'm, 56 and older now, right? I'm certainly not th- thinking, saying that Pat Robertson has the kind of power now that he did in like 88 or even right. like 95. He certainly doesn't. But I think his brand of even evangelical thought is the current thought. Like the, the Republican party right now is running on, you know, an engine that he helped build and that he has been refueling every episode with gas ever since. And so, so I think that's where his influence is right now when he's died is like what we're dealing with now in the Republican party is his Republican party. Right. Right. True. I, I mean, you would though for the, for newer conservative for the newer conservative movement though i'd be way more concerned nowadays about like nick fuentes right as an example someone who uh you know is is a virulent racist oh yeah i mean almost yeah. legit nazi although he's not a nazi right like he's not he's not a member of the nazi socialist movement, nor is he a member of the kkk but man he absolutely talks walks looks just like that and there are people in that sphere, sort of what I guess they'll call, although they're not as political, obviously, but that red pill sphere, yeah, which yeah. is affecting young men from in their in their early teens all the way into their mid thirties. That's, I think, the new sort of uh, danger for um, for those on the left uh, is that, yeah. and not only that, but many of the things that. That 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 war now between that younger group, I think, is much more important when it comes to politics. And I would probably celebrate Nick's death a lot more than I would celebrate Robertson's, because the Robertson he was kind of like the rotting remains of the old guard. The new guard uh, is where I think a lot of the danger and maybe energy well, exists for me. Well, and what's that danger? I mean, Pat Robertson was pre-social media, right? Like he right. wasn't a social media presence. Like right. you weren't seeing on TikTok, or at least I wasn't, Pat Robertson coming up with like little clips from his sermons. Like right, that right. was an area they never really engaged and in a substantive way. He, he wasn't so very clip. He wasn't very clippable, right? Oh yeah. And all these, all these, all the new people are doing is just taking that you know, modernizing it, putting it in a technology right. age and social media. Right. And, right. you know, there are still dumbasses out there saying that gays cause hurricanes, I'm sure. <laughs> and um, I would love to think that we had that kind of power. That, but but why would gays cause hurricanes that are going to hit mostly tropical islands that gays are going to be vacationing at anyway? Right. But I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's the real logic right there. Absurd. The whole thing I mean, is just absurd and stupid, right? Um, Obviously. And uh, yeah, wow. Um, but yeah, I, I, so yeah, I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna celebrate it. A lot of people's passing, but this was one that I could not, I, I look, I celebrated when Jerry Falwell passed too. I think Falwell was worse than Robertson. Um, so, uh, but like, you know, these other motherfuckers like Joel Osteen, I don't know that Joel Osteen is an evil dude. I think he's just a crook. No, right? Yeah. He's, 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 he's good. Yeah. He's just an opportunist. Osteen right. is, Osteen is like the, the refined, you know, crack cocaine of 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 the plain yeah. powdered cocaine of Robertson, where he's he's got it refined. Now, Olstein's essentially almost untouchable. Yeah. Like the only thing that even came close to touching him was his response to Hurricane Katrina, as an example, where yeah. the sort of overt selfishness of who he was was laid bare for everybody to see. But you're never gonna. How about this? I bet you never catch Olstein in a prostitution 
situation as an example, right? I don't think you're ever going to catch him. I think he's too smart for that. And he knows what side his bread's buttered on. Um, he's more media savvy, right? So, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think this is a nice segue into a new segment that we started on the last episode. A little something that we like to call Cancel Corner. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Look at Kevin Spacey. Look, look, what's he staring at? Is that a Chick-fil-A? Is he staring at a Chick-fil-A? What the fuck's Roseanne way, doing? So, I don't so, know. Is it, so is it Chick-fil-A? And by the way, I had to ask Billy Ray off stream, like, who's that lady? Uh, He's no, like, actually, it's Roseanne. And I'm like, oh, that's no. right. No, actually, okay. I'm sorry. I mispronounced it. Um, as my as my buddy Ben would say, it is Chick-fil-A. Is it Chick-fil-A? For no, real? it's Chick-fil-A is it's how Chick-fil-A. you pronounce it. I call but, it Chick-fil-A. Well, no, it is, chi- it is Chick-fil-A if you're having a discussion with him about it. But uh, <laughs> it is Chick-fil-A technically or Chick-fil-Gay. Okay. No, I'm not even going to try to make that happen. Chick-fil-Gay. Um, so there this is go. Cancel Corner. This is where we uh, talk about someone on both the right and the left that is attempting to be canceled. And I, I can't imagine we're going to go through a single week without having these. So uh, let's start off with the left. And this isn't the left canceling somebody. It's, it's the left canceled somebody. <clears throat> and this would be Chris Litt from CNN. Right. People, this is, how about this? People gloating over it is oh, the yeah. real. That's the, this is yeah. the new – this was the the Vunderkind who was brought in by CNN to shake up things and immediately started – I don't even – what's all happened on his, on his reign? Let's see. He's lost a lot of commentators. Yeah. Um, you know, Don Lemon is gone. John King just signed off from his entire politics show. Right. But the big thing was Trump, right? They bring on Trump to do the town hall, which I think was totally okay, frankly. Like, right. we talked about this on the podcast. I think the dude is the presidential front runner. He got 70-plus million votes. Yes, he should be on a town hall. He has yes. not been convicted of anything yet. When he is convicted, which we're going to get to in a few minutes, then, fine, exclude him from shit. But um, liberals were up in arms that they would even give Trump a platform, and immediately you just started seeing CNN get hammered. I know they lost advertising. I know people stopped watching CNN, and they were already struggling in the ratings. Right. And I, you know, I read somewhere that they were hoping for like six million viewers on that Trump interview. They got two. Wow! Really? So, so yeah. that's so that's so let's be clear. That's what had Chris Lick removed was the Trump move was failure was an absolute failure. Um, and on top of it, I think that I think that a lot of conservative listeners to news, a lot of conservative consumers, consumers of media, they, they still want to see CNN in pain. So they're not going to rush over to CNN no. from Fox. Well, that's the thing, right? Like CNN, and I don't know where the logic was in this, but like you've got your left viewers and your right viewers and your center viewers, right? Well, your right viewers automatically don't trust you. They think right. CNN is a joke. They think it's fake news. It doesn't matter if you get Trump on there. They might. Some of them might tune in only to see, hopefully, Donald Trump humiliate you. Right. But they're not going to watch anything else. They're just there for Trump. The left viewers, what are you going to do to them? Alienate them. They don't want Donald Trump right. on there. Right. They don't want to see him represented. So you're going to lose any of your far left viewers right out of the gate. So you've got your center viewers, which is a mixed bag. Who I just don't think cared. They don't care about Trump, right? Because they're tired of hearing about Trump, right? right. The the center, the the only space to go, the only space that any of these large media organizations could go is in the center space. And the reason why I say that is, where you're seeing such great 
expansion in the new media space in podcasting, for instance. Yeah. It's all the center voice where people are just tired of the, the marquee banner bullshit. You know, the move maybe for Licht would have been to throw up, I don't know, more Christie or, you know what I mean? More of the, of the alternative space that's not Trump. Trump was never going to be a winner on well, CNN yeah. ever. It wasn't. And and that was a, I mean, that just sh- sort of exposed Licht, right? Exposed him. And then when, when you had all of the people start leaving and deciding maybe, uh, maybe I'm not going to be involved, he, he's not going to, here's the thing. If the Trump thing had had 6 million people, Chris Licht would still have a job. Well, yeah, I mean, but let's be clear about CNN, too. I mean, part of the issue is, I mean, it was an overcourse correct. That was the issue, right? Right. Like, I remember when CNN did used to be for the center. It right. was a middle, it was middle of the road. It, you know, it was straight down the center, and that was its audience. It was, it was the audience that wanted just the news. They right. didn't want to spin on it. And then as Fox News started spiraling out of control and becoming what it became, CNN almost decided to become the opposite of that to like yeah, they combat started, it. They, they were chasing MSNBC. Well, but, right. but, and let, but let's see, when has MSNBC ever been consequential in anything? It's not like, well, it, I mean, it, what, I mean what, what are their, what are their ratings right now? MSNBC. Um, good question. I don't know. I haven't checked in a while, but like, I, I, I mean, I, I think that as far as the left, right. Well, no, it's what the left has, right? Yeah. It's, it's what the left has. And CNN was definitely trying to chase that for a long period of time. Yeah, for instance, and, last on Thursday, MSNBC number one across all TV during the coverage of Trump's indictment. It's funny oh, that there we go. When, it, when it, it's funny that when it comes to the anti-Trump space, everybody just knows to go to MSNBC for the well, hottest sure. takes. Yeah, so but they um, tried to overcourse correct, right? They tried to yeah. like go far the opposite of what they had been doing, and like you can't confuse people like that because then people don't know what you stand for right. they don't know what to expect i don't even know what to expect from cnn now what do they stand for i don't know right i don't i don't i don't know and but does a news organization have to stand for anything except for the news well but i don't know that they stand for that they seem right. now like they're just more of a political shill like fox news or msnbc is right like like that's not like they used to be a news outlet they used to be like they used to practice journalism there like right. now it's just like it's talking points and pundits and like and and they can say what they want to say, but it's still so far lopsided towards the, the left than it is the right. And look, and it's more in line with what I think. Like, so I'm not saying personally they're they're preaching to the choir, which is me. But do I think that's right and the way it should be? No. Like, go back to what you used to do when you actually did exist for Republicans and Democrats, where you were a safe space to kind of get out of the spin and the noise. And now they right. are the spin and the noise. Right, right. So, yeah, so that's, so I guess maybe that's the question. Is the move for CNN now to try to go back to just hard news? What would what would your opinion be, uh, I think, Ray? I mean, I would love that. Do I think it will work well for them? No. I yeah, think but it doesn't work well for anybody anymore. Well, See, I think they've done such a good job the last few years of completely sullying their brand. I, I just do like I think they've I think they've convinced the left that that they're not for them. The right already knows they're not for them. The people in the center don't trust them, and right. so like, like what do you do? I think you have to do something major. You have to do a major shakeup. Um, but I don't know if we live in a world where just presenting the news has any appeal to people anymore. Well, no, right? It doesn't. So, yeah. so isn't that 
Is, is, isn't that terrible? Isn't that a terrible thing? Oh, it's a horrible thing. It's a horrible thing. Like, I, I, I miss those days. Like, it drives me crazy that I can't just turn on something and get something spinless that's just literally, these are the facts. And, uh, you know, your your local news is the best place you can get it, frankly. Right. And even that has got some biases attached to it. it because you does. know that station is owned by someone with a political preference. Yeah, and they and that they're and then and they're selling that and they're, they're exercising. And they're, they're pushing it through. Yeah, they're pushing it through their their uh, their product. They're pushing it through, uh, you, you know, whatever the brand is. I don't know. I because you know what's funny is because I kind of think the New York Times has successfully course corrected. So for me, I expected CNN maybe to have some of the same success that the New York Times has had. The New York Times has somewhat successfully retaken the center. They really have. So. How come they were able to do it and Licht wasn't? Is where I'm. I'm I would argue with that a bit. I would argue that. I would argue that they finally a disagreement. I would argue that they have taken the center, but still veer right from center quite a bit. The Times, yes, the Times. Um, I and for a while there, they were veering very far right. Um, Not totally. I'm not talking totally. I'm just talking about what they are. And and. But I'm not saying this as it's – let me be clear. I'm not saying this as if this is a bad thing, right? Right. Because right. like I'm talking about like opinion columns and things that they're allowing into the newspapers. I'm all – I don't care if I disagree with those, right? Right. Like they don't bother me. Like I still read the Times. I still check the Times out. But I know they get a lot of – they get a lot of hammering from the left by what they choose to feature, which is a bad thing, right? We've talked about this before. Let people have their opinions. Let people right. express their opinions. Yes. People are adults. They can decide if they want to listen to them or not. So they're still looked on by the left in a less than flattering way. I don't care. I want them to feature Republican talk. I want to hear, you know, from this side. Like, I want to hear from both sides. Right. And, you know, I don't think CNN is ever go- – I don't. I personally don't think CNN is ever going to be able to be what they once were, ever. I just don't think the media outlet works in their favor, and I don't think they know who they are anymore. Yeah, I kind of I, wish I kind of wish Turner was back around. Well, I know. <laughs> he I mean, he I mean, know how to do it. I mean, no, but seriously, like you can equate how well that station did to a large degree with Ted Turner. Um, mm-hmm. And but okay, anyway, moving on to the right. This one's a little more lighthearted. Uh, the right has decided that Garth Brooks must die. So Garth Brooks, if you don't know. Best-selling country artist of all time, one of the best-selling artists of all time, came out and and is opening a bar. Uh, It's called the Friends in Low Places Bar and Honky Tonk in Nashville, and he said this, quote, I want it to be a place you feel safe in. I want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another. And yes, we're going to serve every brand of beer. We just are. It's not our decision to make. Our thing is this. If you are led into this house, love one another. Shocker. What a horrible thing that he has said. Basically what he was responding to is the right's attempt to like cancel Bud Light and all of right. these other beer brands. Sure. And he's saying, fuck that. I'm going to serve whatever brand I want to serve. And people may think, oh, this is just, oh, it's just some bullshit guy. Say, people like Garth Brooks saying stuff like this is important. Yeah. No, it's yeah. important. Absolutely. Because... There, I can't express to you how many people fucking adore Garth Brooks. Right, like yeah. he is still He's one of the popular. biggest artists on the planet. But it skews. To be fair, it skews right. 
His, it's his, Skew's his, right, his but he's got a lot yeah. of fans on the left, too. Like, he's kind of the oh, no, universal yeah. country yes. guy who's kind of always managed to cross. Now, keeping in mind, too, that Garth Brooks is also somebody, when Garth Brooks first came out, he was derided by a lot on the right or, like, the really far country music lovers because he wasn't from the South. Like, he is technically a Yankee. And so he already he always got slack for that anyway from a lot of the hardcore country people who I'm sure have now latched onto this as a way to say that oh he's just this awful woke guy and like no like Garth Brooks is still Garth Brooks he's always believed this shit he's right, just not right. going to go but, along with your he, he ain't Travis Tritt y'all I'm sorry while he's, Garth while Garth Brooks has people on the left he's never had the like the Dixie Chicks cancel no bomb that, no. that you know that they experienced as an example and so i kind of <clears throat> what's funny is i had no idea he was being canceled so when i saw you put that up I'm like, what the fuck is billy ray talking about oh and they're not going to cancel that, him either let's and, be and clear saw, and then i saw that and i'm like well you know what's funny is i there there, there are a couple of guys and, and in fact one specific person that i debate politics with who's on the right and his to him the Garth Brooks things is, well, yeah, fuck you. Kind of like, you know, that that was his sort of automatic response towards it. And <clears throat> I don't know. There, there's a lot of fantasy going on on the hard right, much like there is in my assertion on the hard left as well. And on the hard right, the fantasy is national divorce. Uh, we're going to take like oh. all of that, man, is just. And, and, when, and when you confront them about it to a T, they think I, I'm like, look. It's more. It's one fifth, one fifth of the people, uh, you know, polled on this say that they would support a national divorce. Yeah, to a T. Everybody I discussed this with on the right's like, no, it's got to be more. And so I think it's part of that sort of you know echo chamber stuff where Garth Brooks, Garth Brooks saying that people are going to drink whatever they want in my place. That is, that's like a who cares. Right. If you don't want, if you don't want to drink Bud Light, don't. And to be, and also, it is you. It would be crazy to state that Bud Light hasn't had an issue with their use of 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 uh, of spokes trolls in their you know, marketing of their beer. You use a spokes troll, a spokes troll like Dylan Mulvaney, right? Sure. You're going to get hit, and that's the that's the impact that they're going to have to try to now turn it into yet another, um, you know political warfare item is ridiculous who cares that garth brooks is going to sell bud light and who cares if you don't want to drink bud light don't and who cares if they throw a spokes troll out there i think this is one of those things where it's funny because you said there's no there's no space really in in in, in modern society for just clean news and yeah. this is part of the mess of it is yeah. that there is space for a niche attack on Garth Brooks, and it's weird, man. It's just weird to me. And it won't succeed. So sorry. No. Like they're not going to cancel Garth Brooks. No. Good. Good luck, buddy. That'd be like we're going to cancel Madonna. Um, good. Who, luck by the with way, that. who by the way is, would they people tried to cancel Madonna? Oh, many for times. Her, for, and, and but even recently for her, like how many videos did I see of her squirming around? on a couch or something and people giving shit to her for trying to do that at 60. I'm like, really, man, who cares? If you don't like it, don't watch it. There's going to be a niche that likes it. And I, I want to see more tolerance, but you know what? Tolerance isn't sexy and tolerance doesn't sell clicks or doesn't get eyeballs. What the fuck ever we're talking about. 
I thought you were drinking water out of a wine glass, and I got very I am, excited. I am. I am. How I'm fancy. drinking water out of a wine glass. It's well, nice bit. It's huge. Anyways, go ahead. Sorry. Well, that was it for Cancel, cancel Corner. Cancel Corner. Oh, poor, poor Roseanne, dude. Jesus. She's just up there all by herself. I you know, know. I think I think next week we'll we'll switch up the faces and see what happens. There are plenty right. of people to choose from at Cancel Corner. Um Okay, everybody. So that's it for the first half. We're going to take a very quick break. You're going to hear a couple of ads, and then we're going to be right back to talk more about whatever the fuck we want to. Stick around. New Orleans 2012. Bruce Cachera drove to an address someone had given him that didn't exist. Standing in the parking lot where the address should have been, he was shot and killed. Questions around his murder have been met with silence. But this story is about more than violent crime. It's about motive and a series of events that have never been fully investigated until now. Binge Counterclock, Season 5. We are back and hope you enjoyed those lovely words from our sponsors. And uh, yeah, so we're back to talk more political bullshit. Um, we, we just dove into some Pat Robertson goodness. Thank God. Uh, and we talked about, <laughs> thank our, God he's dead. I'm thank, sorry. Go ahead. And then we went into our latest edition of cancel corner. And, you know, I want to talk about this next topic and I'm going to say something here and I don't mind saying it. I, let me preface by I'm a proud Democrat. <laughs> I like Chris Christie. I've always liked Chris Christie. Um, Chris Christie announced his president presidential candidacy this week, which was expected. We kind of thought he was going to run. He also ran back in 2016. He was part of that field of candidates that tried to take down Donald Trump but could not. And he's best known as you know Governor of New Jersey. He was also uh, the Attorney General there, I believe, for a while. And uh, was a very popular governor in New Jersey until the whole Bridgegate thing. Yeah, the George came. Washington, the George Washington Bridgegate. By the yeah. way, the other thing was his uh, his absolute fuckery uh, when his family got to go to Island Beach State Park, oh, yeah. where nobody else was allowed to go there oh, yeah. because he was in the middle yeah. of, a, of a of a fight with his uh, yeah. fight over budget. He, yeah, he, but go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. So those two things are what really kind of sank him, at least on that local level. Um, then it didn't help that he actually joined Trump's transition team and actually, at least for a little while, not a long while, but a little while, was quote-unquote pro-Trump. Um, and now he's running for president. He's, he's, doing a lot of, he's doing a lot of interviews. You're seeing him out there everywhere yeah. now. Um, I like Chris Christie. I always have. I respond to his way of communication. I, I prefer candidates who just say whatever the fuck they feel. Right. And I also like candidates who own up to the shit that they do. Wait, so does he, has he, wait, wait, has he owned up to the George Washington bridge yeah. shit? Oh, he absolutely has. He absolutely has. And he's, I mean, he's out there right now talking about it in every speech he's giving. Like he's a candidate. Cause let's be clear though. I don't want to give him too much credit for that. Right. Because he knows he has to do that. Right. He has to, cause he knows he's going to get asked about it. So right. what are your options to deny something that people have proven is true or do you right. just own up to it? And he's taking – but that's it. Really? You so know wait, which, hold on. So but I you, know which route, you know which route Trump would take. He would he's, just, abs 
So he's absolutely taking responsibility for that. Well, he's taking responsibility in the extent of he is taking responsibility for the people he put in charge of the project. Okay. You know, he's taking right. responsibility of it to that degree, which is sure. which is, you know, I trusted people to an extent that I should not have trusted them, but it's on me because I was the governor. Okay. And which is like, okay, okay. And um and what I'm waiting on, because right now I'm looking at this field of candidates, right, that are going up against Trump. I'm looking at Tim Scott. I'm looking at uh, Ravaswani. I'm looking at uh, Mike Pence and Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley and all of these people who are trying to trade down Trump, none of whom I think have a shot in hell necessarily of taking down Trump because I don't think they know how to play Trump's game properly. Do you think Christie does? Absolutely. I think I think Christie is smarter. I think he is shrewder. I think he is has far more experience. And I, you know, I've seen Chris Christie in debates, and Chris Christie's great in debates. I think uh, I think he was so caught off guard in 2016, as everybody was, by this Donald Trump phenomenon that who, like who, who, who that he, he didn't know. Down, who did Christie he, take down again? I forgot. He took down. Uh, oh, uh, was it Rubio or was it? It was Rubio. He yeah. and Rubio and, clashed, and, and he took it down. Is, is isn't he just going to be yet another? So that so at the time, Christie yeah. was the white blood cell that ate Rubio, but his likability index never got. And so, it's he's had a likability index issue for years. Absolutely, absolutely. He is, he does. He, and 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 I don't even know what it is aside from fat white guy. Maybe is the problem he's got. Well, he's, that, man. well, he's he's very vocal and says things that get him in trouble sometimes. And like, I mean, he he is he is blunt to a point sometimes. Yeah, but people love Trump for that. So why is Christie having know. a likability problem, or why does he have a likability problem because he talks shit? And to be fair, that's if so. I agree with you that Christie's uh, candid candid his his ability to be candid in the pocket is part of why he's great to listen to. However, he doesn't get away with it. Like Trump gets a, well, Trump he doesn't get away with shit. it. Well, he doesn't get away. He doesn't get away with it because <clears> Trump <throat> is out there saying the things that you want, that his group, his, his party wants him to say. Christie's out there saying stuff that they probably don't want him to say. And I think that's part of the difference. Okay. Okay. And, uh, you know, and look, I mean, proof is in the pudding, right? Like I'm watching the interviews. I'm going to watch that town hall of his on Tuesday. I'm actually looking forward to that. And watching the town hall because I do wonder what's going to happen. Like you're thinking about because like we're going to talk about the Trump indictments next, and this feeds directly into that because having read that thoroughly now, there is a case to be made that Donald Trump will not be running for president. In oh no! Oh no! To, to be clear, not only is there a case, we're going to so, yeah. Yeah, well, let's talk about it. Let's well, yeah, yeah. It. Let's, we'll let's be there not, just not, a second. Not, but it's like degrade, there is that yeah. case to be made. So then it's like okay. Who is going to be able to most successfully appeal to the center, right? Not only only the center of like people who don't know if they're going to vote Republican or Democrat, but people in the Republican Party who don't know if they're going to vote MAGA or vote more mainstream. Like who is their candidate? You don't think you don't think Tim Scott couldn't fill that position? I don't not not better than Christie. Why? I but I don't think he is as cogent at presenting his points as Chris Christie is. Did you I see? Think, did, I think Chris did you Christie. See his, his, did you see his performance on the View, Tim Scotts? I haven't watched the View. I've seen. You his have in- to watch his performance on the View. I, the reason why I say this is because it was at that point. So at one point, he knows they're gonna. 
you know, he knows he's done with his time and they're going to be going to a commercial. And he, as a joke, starts doing the preacher thing. Like uh-huh. he's, <laughs> he's, he's actually pretty good. And I bring Tim Scott up because in the space of Christie, because I think like you're about to say probably, and I'm, I totally interrupted you also, what an asshole I am. Oh, I don't care. I think that, I think that Trump's done. I think that Trump is absolutely done. I'm not saying that he's done campaigning. I'm yeah. saying that he's going to jail or he's going to get convicted and might get a suspended sentence. But you, you with what, with when we'll talk about the evidence that oh, Trump's yeah. done because of that, it opens it up. You got, I think this is now a race between DeSantis. This is a race between um, Scott, Christie, DeSantis. I don't know about Vivek. I'm, I don't know. I, Haley, I, I, what's Haley maybe there? gets in there, but what's going to ma- what's going to shake it up is the debate. Whenever right. we get that first debate, that's when we're going to see a couple of contenders really rise to the front. And because I, I'm with you, like I, the Ramaswani thing, I've said, and I said this, I think in the last time we talked about him, I think the debate is where you see him start surging. Okay, because just because he's young, he's handsome, he's swip smart. Like he's got policies that are batshit, but he's got the ability to appeal to people. I think in a debate format, I think Chris Christie has a more of an. I'm not going to say Chris Christie doesn't have an uphill battle. He's polling at two percent right now. Like right. he's got an uphill battle mm-hmm. for sure. But I think he's got a solid case for all those people out there saying, "Oh, he's just in this to torpedo Trump." Maybe, but he can still be doing that and trying to actually win. They're not mutually exclusive, and. I think having listened to the case that he presents against Donald Trump, he is able to do it in a more effective way because he's not going after Trump for like the shit like liberals are going after Trump. For. Right, they're, right, not, right. they're not going I'm, after him for like Stormy Daniels or they're not going right. after him for like mocking a disabled reporter. They're not going after him for like he's going after him on the substance and on the character. Right. And I like. Just- yeah, and I like, just don't know how he's more. I don't know how he gets past being just yet another white blood cell. In this maybe case, he doesn't. Like he was maybe, Rubio, and, yeah. and maybe he doesn't. I think. I think it's going to be interesting to see how that debate goes. But I think what we what you can take away from that Rubio encounter is that he knows how to shred somebody, and oh, that's yeah. from that's from years working. And let's be clear: when he was attorney, when he was attorney general, he had a one hundred percent success rate. Yes, one hundred percent success rate. He knows how his his he knows how to either do it himself or instill in his prosecutors. Yes, the ability to just shred somebody. It's and, funny because you know what? I have the same feeling towards Kamala Harris or Kamala Harris. Is it Kamala or Kamala? Anyways, Kamala, Kamala Harris. I loved her. I loved how she was when she was questioning people in the Senate, as an example. I yeah. loved it. I'm like, oh, please, can we get her as president, please? But it hasn't translated no, well hasn't. into into sort of a presidential presence. And so is he in that same spot where he's great so. at shredding ass, but as an executive, so. I don't know. I don't, I, don't, I don't think so. And I think the difference there, too, is that he's been an executive, right? He was governor of New Jersey. And um, you know Kamala Harris did not have that experience. She did not right. have that executive experience. He's had that executive experience. And I remember him when he was governor of New Jersey and listening to him speak and listening to him go at people in those debates and everything and seeing clips from him. Like, he's a beast when he wants to be. Right. Like, he really is. And I think... I think all people remember now is those 2016 debates with Donald Trump, which I don't think is fair because nobody on that stage knew what to do with Donald Trump. 
He was unlike anything they had seen before and they experienced before. And you watched all those middle of the road Democrats like Jeb Bush and Chris Christie and like they just didn't know what to do. And so they fell one by one because they couldn't compete with that. And the only and the only people who remained were the people who were just as fucking crazy as Trump, like Ted Cruz and like like the moderates were out because they couldn't they couldn't deal with it. Right. And so, you know, Christie's will have had eight years now almost to like and knows Trump a lot better now. He right, worked right. with Trump, right? right. And, like and he saw fact, it firsthand. He, he thought that he was gonna he thought he was gonna make Trump act normal, is what I think. Oh, that's thought. exactly yeah. what it was, I think. And like and that's the thing though, is like, and if you're Donald Trump, yeah, you're gonna tear into Chris Christie, but at the end of the day, you hired the motherfucker. Right. Like right, you, you brought put him, him on you made him run your transition team. Right. So you may want to go against him now, but you certainly thought well enough of him a few years ago to to make him an integral part of your team. And yeah. so I'm just excited. Like I'm excited to see some debates from the Republicans. Let me let me be clear. I'm not voting for any of these motherfuckers, right. but it's fascinating. Like it's, it's been, fascinating. It's, honestly, for me, and and to be fair, I have a bias against Trump. Okay, I fucking hate Donald Trump. So let's be clear that I am absolutely admitting what? and clarifying that I think that he is one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen in my entire life as an example of a human being, as an example of of a president, as a president. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? He's president? You yep. assholes. And so I'm excited because I would rather see any of those Republicans in office before I would have him in office again. And not because and it's funny, is when I talk to some of my conservative friends, they'll go, well, that's because you know they won't be as effective. No. I think no. it's because Donald Trump is so damaging to the United States as an entity at all. He's just damaging. Did he collude with the Russians? In the space of collusion, no. Was he a boob that the Russians pushed around and used? Yes. Please. For years, they've done that to him. From him sucking their ass as a guy that's got to get buildings built in New York, all the way towards him, you know, Trump looking at Putin, you know, this puppy dog bullshit with Putin, who he never gave to anybody else. It's gross. Trump is terrible for this country. And I'm excited at the concept of not having a country being dominated by him as the Republican, you know, a choice for president. Jesus Christ, please. Yeah, I will say, though, I, I'm getting more and more concerned about Biden. <laughs> and well, no, um, but do you realize that the worst thing for Biden right now is Donald Trump being taken down? Because I'll oh, tell yeah. you, Biden, if Biden finds himself at a 50-50 polling space, a 50, in other words, and it's his pollsters getting it at 50-50. That means Biden's going to have to be compelled to get in front of a debate crowd. And if he gets into a debate with DeSantis, if he gets into a debate with uh, with Tim Scott, yo, if he gets into a debate with Christie, he's in trouble. He's in massive trouble. And so, know. you know what? There's an, I heard an argument on another podcast, and I shouldn't be doing this, uh, but they said that the move for Biden, if he really – wants to survive is to pardon Trump. <laughs> no. Why not? No. That, that, Why not? Because, because then he's going to lose support on the left. To Trump? Uh, maybe no. to Trump. Maybe not to Trump. No. Maybe to RFK. But, but so what? 
I, I, I got to be honest so what, with you. So what? Take, that takes away votes I, I gotta, from him I gotta be on, I got to be honest with you. I don't think that RFK gets anywhere. Because once the- He is currently the, polling the, at 18%. Yeah, yeah. And, the, and with no one bringing up all of the batshit stuff that he said no. in the past. No one bringing that up. Just wait till that fire no, hose no, gets No, no, I off. don't disagree the team with you that's running, The team that's running Biden, the media team that's running Biden will- Clusterfuck RFK like no one's been clusterfucked. I'm sure on the they left will, but you're also living years. in a world where you even have liberals saying that Biden is the worst president in United States history. Yeah, we live lib- in that. What, we what live, liberals? We live. What I'm, liberals not saying, are I'm, saying not, that? I'm not saying all liberals or even a large amount, but I'm saying there are some. I'm commenting them on Twitter. I'm actually okay. going at them on Twitter right now. True. And I'm like, like, we live in a world right now where there are people who think that this man is the worst president we've ever had, which, let's be clear, is objectively provably false. Yeah, on a multitude false. of factors. Oh, yeah. It's total oh, yeah. bullshit. And totally, you cannot like him and you cannot be happy with the job he's doing, but this country is drowning in hyperbole right now. Dude yeah. is not the worst president we've ever had. No, no, but what I'm, say, what I'm saying is, is like, it's not just that. Like, his own party doesn't want him to run right now. Like, like overwhelmingly so. Right. He, he but, keeps but who would on, run? He, By the way, just so you know, who would run? I, I don't disagree with you, but I don't think people care about that, Eric. Oh, man, it's such a fucking people don't mess care right about that. Like they just don't think Biden is capable of doing the job. They see him give every speech and fuck shit up. They see yeah. him saying that his son died in Iraq. They hear him saying that, like, like. Well, I mean, you know what he means, right? I know son, what he means, son, but he's got to stop that because from the all fucking he's burned well, I know, but Iraq. all he's giving is the right. All he's giving is the right wing. Because all they're saying is like he forgot how his son died. We know yeah. that's not what he means, but their pe- their fucking people don't know that. Right. And um, and he's a but he's been a gaffe machine his whole career. Well, yes, he, but he, this is different. He also like, plagiarized years ago, which is how he got in trouble. But it's not even original. just that. It's like it, you know, I'm starting to come around to the idea that dude, maybe you are too old. No, he like, is too old. Like, Here's may, what, like he, you, he's too maybe old. You yeah, are, he's too maybe old. it's not you're too old, but maybe you haven't aged as well as others have in the cognitive department. And maybe yeah. you need to, because I, I like, I just don't think he can compete right now. Like, if it wasn't, how about this? The only one Biden can beat, <laughs> honestly, the only one Biden can beat right now, for sure, is Trump. That's the only one he can beat, for sure. And I'm going to tell you something. Sure. I'm going to tell you something. If, if the worst thing that could happen for Biden's campaign right now is Donald Trump being unable to unable to uh, to, to to run, that is the worst thing for Biden's I campaign. I don't disagree, but I think that's where <laughs> we're headed. If Trump, if Trump, if Trump, in in a last spasm of anger, throws all of his weight, say behind DeSantis, although I don't know that that would happen, but let's just make that up. Yeah. Wow. It's over in many ways for Biden because the game that you see there is <clears throat> the game that you see there is centrists who want something aside from Biden, who want to throw a wrench into the machinery of the extreme left. Okay, right? The the extreme left, which has greater power now than they did ten years ago. The move was going to be. But but that, we don't know that Trump would do that. Likely Trump I, would I be a spoiler. I think what will happen candidate. is, well, I think what what will happen, regardless of what happens, Trump isn't going to stop running for president. I think what you will see very soon is you will see him announce his running mate, and I think all you'll see is if Trump actually gets indicted, he'll just throw all of his weight behind his running mate. Who's got the running mate going to be? If you had to, if you had to predict it right now, go. Who's his Car- running mate? Carrie Lake from oh. Arizona. 
Carrie Lake from Arizona. I absolutely think that's who he's going to go with. They've been attached at the hip lately, and she is such a sycophant. She is just such like, you know, sucking his dick left and right. And like, and she's so terrible. Oh, I know. She's just, she's just awful. She's such a ridiculous person. The best part, by the way, is when she or Trump tries the, the bullshit about the election, Fox News having to correct them on screen while they do. I know. <laughs> but yeah, that's who I think. Well, you know what? This is actually, let's just segue now into these Trump indictments, which Please. I think we knew 2023 was going to be the year of, of a lot of indictments or a lot of like Trump getting, finally getting his comeuppance. Like, right. I don't think any of us knew the extent of what was going to be in these indictments. And I say that not only from our standpoint, but like even watching journalists cover this, it's almost like they're reading this shit in real time. And it's hysterical because given credit where credit is due, right? These prosecutors and the FBI did their jobs. This is evidence-based stuff right here. This isn't just right. like, oh, we think. This is like, we have text messages. We have yeah. phone transcriptions. We have recordings. We have, we have recordings. We have witness accounts. Like They have everything you need to prove guilt. And not only do they have everything you need, like, so there were these conversations that would go on before the indictments dropped. The only way that Trump could ever be indicted is if you literally caught him on tape saying that he knew what he was doing was wrong. And then there's this motherfucker on tape, right? Supposedly, right? On yeah. tape saying, secret, this is secret information. Look at this. These are still classified. I could have declassified them. Now I can't. He's yeah. literally saying it. Like, yes. So- He's That's admitting. how you know he's fucked. He's, he's fucked. absolutely admitting it right there. And then you've got this whole wave of the MAGA right and the far right doing this whole like, obviously like, oh, it's a witch hunt. None of this happened. It's just staggering now. to me that now. they're still yeah. doing it when it's right there in front of our faces. Like right. it's not even hypothetical at this point. He's right. saying these things. Right. And like Marjorie Taylor Greene hanging a photo of the boxes and the the, the boxes from Marlaga on her wall and and posting that on social media like she's proud of it like I'm proud that the guy that I support broke the law 37 times or excuse me right. 37 times that he's being indicted for right and and to be clear she's the primary one that's pushing the Hunter Biden what about is oh, of course and let me be, but so so let's just say this though. The Hunter Biden thing is an issue for Biden Absolutely. outside of Trump. So oh, sure. it's excuse me, it's never going to hurt Biden in juxtaposition to Trump, whose son-in-law got $2 billion from the Saudis after he helped the Saudis while he was with Trump in office, right? So Kushner is thousands of times more open to that type of yeah, interpretation yeah. than Hunter Biden. That being said, the Hunter Biden thing is an important sure. deal. Just not just don't put it up in compared to Trump. You're you're ridiculous. Tim Scott is in there as a candidate. Biden's in trouble for that. DeSantis, Christie, any of the big names are in there against Biden. Yeah. Biden's in trouble for that shit. And not yeah. because he got five million dollars, but because he's allowed his son and his brother to make money off of him as an individual for all these years. And it's just let it roll. And his fucking drug addict son, his fucking loser son, Hunter Biden, using his name to gain millions of dollars in 
additional drug and bullshit money. Okay. That's a problem. Oh, Not yeah. for fucking Biden against Trump. So no, no. They, and and they I perhaps agree. stop talking. M you know, MTG, you motherfucking idiot. Yeah, no, I agree. <laughs> Look, I'm not someone who thinks that the whole Hunter Biden stuff is is all just fabricated, obviously. Like, they, I mean, obviously something went on there. Like, yeah. we're still getting to the bottom of what it was. And I do think it's important. I think what, what we're missing is if we can't tell anything from, like, what happened with Clarence Thomas this year, what's happened with Hunter Biden, what's happening with Trump, like, there need to be some concrete ethics yeah, but not that, just, but laws, ethics, yeah, laws. Yeah, no, no, that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, that, that, yeah. that, like, that, that literally put this in, like, put this into perspective in a way where it's like, okay, you can do these things, but you're going to be, like, you're going to be in trouble because what's happening now. And I get the frustration. Like, if you're on the, if you're on the right, you're thinking, like, wait a second, there, and I get where people are coming from here, where you're like. Wait a minute, they're indicting Donald Trump on 37 counts and they didn't do anything to Hillary Clinton? Right. Like, like I get where that frustration is. Now, look, I, I've I've dug into that years ago. Like, it's not the same thing, right? No. It's not comparable. No, but not even close to the same but thing. That it on the base route, they do all deal with the mishandling of classified information. Right, I, but the, man, the devil is in the details on that. And no, the thing I don't disagree the thing, with you. The thing but if you're so on the far right, and all you know is that that deals with mishandling classified information, I understand why you're upset. Like I yeah, get it. Okay, you, so you sure. think that yes. you think that it's stacked against you, and you yes. think that people aren't going. And then they're also hearing about this Hunter Biden shit, and nothing yeah. is happening to, to to Biden. And it's like, well, wait, I guess we're just going after Republicans now, like. It's a totally different ballgame. Like what Donald Trump did is knowingly and willfully deceive the United States government and, and, and commit espionage. Yes. Knowingly and willfully after he was president. That is not even on the same playing field as what Biden did, as what Hillary Clinton did. It's not even close. Well, I mean, the, the issue is, is that with the, with the, look, with the Hillary situation and, and I, simply know about this, right? Like I, yeah. I, I do IT for a living. I understand how it works. <clears throat> if I was Hillary Clinton's IT consultant, I would have said, do not put your own fucking email server any fucking where. That yeah. in reality, and to be, look, to be honest, at the time, it was more done. Nowadays, you would never do that. You would yeah. always have. In fact, in IT now, it's generally understood that you should always have a third-party log of what's going on in your system that you can't touch, right? One that's yeah. write once, read many, like a worm storage of your administrative actions on anything that you're running so that you have backwards, so that you have uh, transactional replay of your actions. I get all that. And so would I have done what her stupid IT guy did? No, I would never have done that. Yeah. But most of the stuff that she had that was top secret was retroactively changed from whatever it was to top secret. So at the time it was on her system, it wasn't even secret. Yeah. So that's how there's, and also the position that both Biden has taken as well as Pence, as well as Hillary Clinton is when presented with this information, you should have done what they did, which was to yes. give up that information. Exactly. Exactly. Her her IT guy erasing all those emails, 
you fucked up, dude. The time to erase those emails was before when you didn't know. Yeah. If you had a policy of not keeping email, then you should have deleted that email. What it was is his not doing his job combined with the emergency of the situation has now turned it into this mess that's used well, against look, her. But it, like you yeah, said, it is nowhere yeah. near no, what look, he's done. Look, like, and Trump's shit, let's be clear, it's all Trump's fault. He had every opportunity for over a, right. for a year and a half right. to give this information back. And if you look at the indictment, he wasn't charged for any documents that he returned. Nope. If he would have returned everything, he wouldn't be in this situation. Right, right. There's actually it's, a missing document right now that's yeah. of such explosive con, you know, or, or it contains such explosive information that it's just ridiculous. And let's it's be clear. Ridiculous. And this is how close he was to even like had he had one of these people that he's shown these documents to been from a foreign government, he would have had a treason charge on top of what he has now. Right. Like, I don't think people realize how close we were to having an American president be charged for treason. And should have been charged for treason if that was the situation. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And this, this, how about this? I thought that – so so many people had talked I, – I, I, by the way, I think that the Alvin Bragg charges are ridiculous. Oh, Let me just go there. Ridiculous. I, I, oh, yeah. I thought that the Alvin Bragg charges might have more meat. No. They're ridiculous. And they're he's ridiculous. an idiot for bringing them. I think I, I'm not an Alvin Bragg fan, um, and this makes me even less – uh, sort of, uh, uh, I, I think he's an idiot. Anyway, sorry. Next, this I was like the only way this is going to make any difference is if they have literally a direct recording of him saying, "I know that I'm doing wrong," and I said that like as a joke to myself. Here we are. He's actually said that out loud. To be clear, the next charges to come, the ones coming out of Georgia, are that's yep. that's that's the that's the missile that sinks the Trump ship. That's the missile that destroys because it's being run out of a majority Republican state, yep. even though they have you know uh, some Democrats as uh, as senators. I, I, you're going to see that's going to be the final nail in Trump's coffin, but I. Not in anybody's wildest, not in any leftist's wildest dreams did you think Trump was going to expose himself so completely, yep. so so absolutely completely. Yep. And man, and, and for me, you know what's funny is Trump, when he took office, could have been the new Ronald Reagan, right? <clears throat> sure like he could he have. could have absolutely changed all of society towards a more conservative bent just by showing up. And not being a fucking douchebag, and yep. not being an asshole, yep. and not being a, a, an egotistical lying dummy, and he and shows not trying up. to be a fucking cult leader, and he shows up and he does that, and it's ridiculous. And so whenever I hear the sort of MAGA, or not even MAGA, just the pro-Trump, I'm like, look, yeah, sure, but he's burned it. He burned the deal. Yeah. He yeah. had a chance to do something on the right that maybe again, would have been something comparative to, to Reagan. But man, you know what Reagan wasn't doing? Taking shit like this to his house. I mean, to be fair, he was he was also probably in the throes of Alzheimer's when he left office. But none of this shit happened yeah. with Reagan. He no. maintained- None of this shit happened corn, with yeah. Bush. Right. No, I mean, none of this shit happened with Bush. I mean, say <laughs> what you want about Bush, and I could say plenty, but like, you know, it was still, you know, a civil- Right. exit from the presidency. Bush right. got out of there and was like, I'm done. I want to be right. out of the public spotlight right. for the most part. And Trump is just like, no, like this is, yeah, this is all his own doing. 
Yeah. Like and there is just, no one to blame but Trump. Trump got Trump got all of the Obama sat down with Trump and warned him. Right. Yeah. He sat him down and talked with him. Yeah. And he warned him. It is it is it is it is insane to consider how much Trump as an individual has actually squandered oh, opportunity yeah. in his life. Squandered yeah. opportunity. And, and and man, okay, you egotistical idiot. Uh, and, and history will record Donald Trump, whether it's with his business dealings, whether it's with his pre- – he will be recorded as a failure. Yeah. He will be recorded as a failure. Yeah. Like, you look at what he did, Everybody, and I hear Republicans all the time, well, history will dodge him nicer. No, it won't. No. No, it won't. No. History is not moving in the way you want it to. Like, history is not going to record him or anybody. Like – History has never smiled on anyone who has sought to take away rights from other people. That has right. never happened. And so it's not going to happen now with his dumb ass. Like, he's going to go down as a bigot. He's going to go down as, you know, this kind of monster monolith of a Republican Party that was intolerant and racist and anti-woman. And, like, that's what's going to happen. And, I'm, you know, he's put himself in that position. Right. And, uh, you know... Fuck him. Like, I'm there, sorry. There, there are things that there are actions he took, right, as president. Soleimani is an example where he drops, <laughs> they kill Soleimani. Okay, they assassinate yeah. Soleimani and everybody on the left and right in government, like center left, center right. I mean, like, the, they're like, huh? <laughs> that yeah. was the response. Okay. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. a dick. And that was huge. Yeah. That was a huge thing that he did. It altered Iranian politics. Absolutely, because now people in Iranian politics now know we're on the we're on the we're on the we're on the stick to be roasted in the case of a president like 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 you know like Trump. And there were other things that he did that he can't take credit for now because no one yeah. cares. You crushed ISIS, so what? You're a dick. You you know you kill Soleimani, yeah. so what? You're a fucking idiot that stole documents from the White House. It's like he's not going to get all the credit that he might have gotten yeah. from a conservative or centrist point of view because look, he's just and let's be shit clear. to bed. And this this could be an episode we get into at some point later. But because let's be clear, there are some things that Trump did while in office that are not bad. Everything he did wasn't horrible. He right. did make some mm-hmm. good decisions. Yeah. And, you know, and I look and I think. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with with loathing someone and still acknowledging that everything they did wasn't abhorrent. But it is very much weighted <laughs> in the other direction. I, I'm going to be fascinated. I mean, it's an, actually an interesting time to be alive right now because what we're going to experience in the next year is kind of unprecedented. In addition to a full-on presidential campaign in which we have a Democratic Party that may or may not be rallying behind the president, that may or may not have multiple contenders, that may or may not have all these factors, going against the Republican Party that is wild right now. At the same time, we're going to probably be having trials against the former president and current frontrunner. Like, yeah, this is like, no, it's, it's, a, a mess. it's a lot. And it's like, a mess. Um, I'm looking forward to it in a sick and twisted way. Well, so for me, can I tell you something? I, I, I'm going to admit something here. I secretly want Tim Scott 
to be the uh, and I want him to defeat Biden. And, and I know that that's messed up. That is I messed do. up. I just I could I, not I, agree I, with I, disagree with you more. I, and that's okay, but you know, only because I I I think that it would be such a shakeup to the because if there's anything that Tim Scott is is that he's civil. He's not an impolite person. He's classic old school conservative. And a lot of the stuff he believes, I don't necessarily believe. But I just want to see that win again so that you can get rid of the crazy, weird shit that's shown up on the right where you're like, how can you even, how can you even talk? You're so out of your mind. But with a guy like Tim Scott, I just, that's the reason why I'm, I'm, I am happy that this is going down like this because I want to see, I want to see old school normalcy. And this is the old man shit coming out. I know it is. Sorry, everybody. But I just, I, I don't, I think Biden is a poor choice of president now, not because he's been a terrible president. I think he's been a great president, to be fair. I just think he's old. He's too old. And I, I think that he's not able to cognitively deal with what he needs to. And in the case of a situation where you need executive action, he may not be making the choice. And that's not how it's supposed to work. It's not he, supposed to be his team that makes the choice. I am not dis- – look, I I starting to have my concerns about Biden as well, more so than I have in the past. And But that said, I've, I've always consented. Like I think there are better candidates out there than Biden. But I think we're a couple of months away from it being too late to bring someone new into the fold in an effective way. Like every, you know, you need a candidate needs enough time to build up a campaign. And so anybody that I think would make a better choice than Biden right now is going to run out of time at a certain point. And so if Biden is going to step down, which I have no indication that he is, but if he were to do that, that would need to happen fairly soon. Yeah, but there's nobody. There's nobody that the left well, can bring up. Well, there's there nobody is, to bring up. Who there, Newsom? There, there are people. No, but I mean, well, Newsom's always been walking around. The idea is already, but not. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, you know, you could bring. You could see if Buttigieg wanted to run again. There, there are candidates out there. Right, but, but they're all troubled in ways that I don't know are surmountable. In the case I don't of think Newsom, Buttigieg, I don't think Buttigieg is troubled, except for the fact that I can't imagine. I. I, I I think that the black vote sits at home with Buttigieg, okay? That's what I think. I and think the black, also, to be clear, think, the, Demo- the Democratic Party without the black vote is in trouble. I think now good. you're right. But, I mean, the candidate that I think is like the clear now, and I didn't used to feel this way, but I do now. I think there is a clear Democratic candidate who does everything you love about Tim Scott, but is on – but uh, but I agree with him more, and that's Raphael Warnock. I think he is a great candidate. Yeah. He is a Democrat. He is a preacher. Yeah. He is an incredible yeah. speaker. Yes. Like he, I think he has a lot of potential there. I think he knows he does too. So I think – Wow, you know what's funny? You said that, and I actually got excited. I, I agree with you. I, think I Warnock, don't hear and, him making any noise about it no, though. And he is not far radical progressive left. No. Like he has some, but like he is, he is a, 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 a center left Democrat who I could see certain like people stuck in the middle getting behind because, you know, what is he that we, that we don't get a lot of, right? He is a Democrat. He is a black Democrat and a faith-based black Democrat. Right. Like that's, that's a pretty great 
resume to run for political office in this country, especially if you're trying to appeal to that middle group of voters. And, um, and he's, and you know, unlike Stacey Abrams, and let's be clear, I love Stacey Abrams, but until she can win in her own state, I don't need to see her on a national level. Warnock has shown that he can win his own state and then win again in his own state. So what's interesting is Warnock is, Warnock is a lock for 2028, but he's, there's nothing for 2024. It looks yeah. like he's going to sit, which is good because that means he gets his full six years. Exactly. Exactly. Wow, man. And I, I think I, that's so, what he's. And I think that's what he's going to do. Right. Um, but um, I think he's someone that even in 2020. I don't think it's going to happen. But let's say in 2024, Biden bows out in a couple months, and the Democratic Party's like, okay, well, who are we going to advance up? I think he's in that conversation. Right. Really. I, I think he's I don't I don't know that he's in it in the extent of like he wants to do it, but you know the Democratic Party is talking about him as a possibility. And and I think you've got someone like uh Katie Porter in California who is probably too new right now, but I think in 2028 you're going to hear people talking about Katie Porter as a possibility. And um so, so there, what do you think what do you think of that cuz cuz in the in the in the California Senate race I think Schiff has her ass. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, She's got a big support base in California. Um, I think, I I think it's going to be a tight race regardless. I I agree that I think shift has the advantage. Schiff has the advantage, but um, I think she's going to give him a run for his money. Right. And, um, and I think she is being positioned as the future of the Democratic Party to a certain way, and I think that's going to bode well for her. Because yeah. um, I don't, I don't think Schiff is good for a presidential candidate. Not to at be all. honest with no, you, I think I don't that think Schiff, so I think Schiff's arc is uh, senator, attorney general. I think that that's Schiff's arc. To be honest, I don't. I, I mean, who am I to say? Um, but you're, yeah, you know, Porter is president. Wow, you're, you're pretty good at this because. <clears throat> Those are two Democratic names that I would love to see in presidential space. I because I, I, I'm going to tell you, dude, Newsom is a loser. Oh almost. no, I can't stand Newsom. I, I, he's I, a loser. I think I think he's a, I think he's been a terrible governor. I think he is completely fake. I, yes. I, I don't believe a word that he says. And the he is, in the he is a fucking liar. And and to be fair, he's he burned. Look, he's the. An example of who he is is that he has been presented with key moments, and and for him specifically, uh, Newsom. An example was there was violence at this uh, Glendale Unified School District. Um, uh, you know, it was it was a it was a, a meeting that they were having about Pride Month, yeah. and a lot of Armenian parents showed up, and Armenians are conservative and religious. Okay. Yeah. If there's anything that you know about that community, it's that they are conservative, a re- conservative religious community in the state of California. More Armenians live in that area, in that Southern California area of California, than in Armenia. Okay. Yeah. So it's a it's an important place for Democrats to perform. Yeah. Right. Schiff is in that district: Burbank, Glendale. You know, huge. Yeah. And you as Newsom are going to come up and you're going to equate them with racists. You're a fucking dummy. Yeah. You're a fucking dummy. All right. The fact that parents might have a concern, religious conservative parents having a concern. 
Should they be? Should should they should should they should they stop pride being honored? No. Should they yeah. have a voice and be at least being able to say, "Hey, we're not really comfortable with this." Of course. Yeah. And then the violence that went on in California was pushed by the left. The left protesters were macing these parents, and then. It goes into the fucking blender, and Newsom comes out with a, with a speech that burns on them. This guy ain't going anywhere as a president. He's dishonest. He's playing yeah. politics. He's not being authentic. Okay, not at it's, all. And so this is an example of what the future of the Democratic Party is. I'm not excited. The so they've going been back trying. To they've been trying to. Gonna, no, go, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. No, you well, finish. What I'm going to say is Warnock, Porter. You're right. Those are voices I want to hear in the future from the Democratic Party. Yeah, I think Newsom has been positioned as the future of the Democratic Party since like the first year he was in office, and it's just never found traction. It's never found any traction because in order for you to be the future of any party, you have to be competent at what you're doing. Right. And, you know, I, I just, I, you know, I lived in California. I, I, Newsom, I believe, was my governor the entire time I lived in California. And what I can say about that time is that uh, nothing much happened. Yeah. Not much. Not he didn't get much shit done. No. And the only person out there on the Democratic Party that I find to be faker than him is Kamala Harris. Like, you're really, so, you're, so you're not. You, you think Kamala's fake? Oh, I, I think she's fake as shit. Like, yeah. I don't believe a word she says. But you know what's messed up is Kamala Harris, who speaks from the gut, is. I'm sorry. I look. I think that a lot of the conversation, specifically when she was questioning Barr. As, as, as attorney general. And, and before that, I, I think she's awesome. Well, she needs she's to be in, in the that, Senate though. Well, sure. I'm just saying that in yeah. that space, the space of her, her thunderous, like, Oh no, I don't disagree. I love that. I liked Kamala Harris when she was just the Senator from California. It's when she started running for president that I was like, you're fake as shit. Well, why did she do that? So that's my question. If what's winning you votes is your, is your gut, attack on on subjects is your is your expression and sure it looked bitchy or whatever people man i i've worked for powerful women and she unfettered is a powerful voice what happened why did she listen to whoever she listened to about toning that down I, I, sorry. That's a that's a, no that's a, that's a great question. Um, I, I but I mean that yeah I'm in that same boat though. I used to like her. I don't anymore. I think she her approval rating now is worse than Biden's. Right. Like she's got it. But then again, like what's one thing that you can name that she's done as vice president? And, and you know what? She could have set herself apart. But there you go. Biden. Right. You can't yeah. think of one thing that nope. she's done as vice president. No, and no. Like, I mean, she's been she's had some very dude. She said some shit. Where it's a lot of words and doesn't mean anything in reality, and you're like, dude, what are you yeah. doing? Well, she knows it. that that stuff's garbage. It's like, she even knows Dick, it. like I, you can't maybe can't remember a ton that Dick Cheney did, but you know he blew some guy's head half off with a shotgun. Like at least he did something well, when he was in office to make an at, impact. At, at the very least, he's Cheney. While I think it's terrible. Yeah, but through the what, what was it? What was the office that he created so he could filter through the oh, Iraq God. evidence? He at least got it done. It's terrible. It's yeah. monstrous. But at least he, he knew how there, to get it done. There, there's not going to be anything like that for Kamala Harris, where she's got like a secret office in the back no. where she's pushing Biden down roads that no. she needs him to go down. And the thing that's messed up is, I, I don't know. I just I wish that she was 
the, I wish that it was obvious that she had somehow differentiated herself from the background that she was forced into, but she never did. And it's kind of crazy, man. She, she had the opportunity to be a voice, especially with, with the, with the riots, especially with, with what had gone on with, with Trump during his presidency. But instead she's basically been safe, safe and Milk toast and terrible, yeah. and so yeah, I, I'm glad that the, I'm glad that you were able to bring up a couple of Democrats. I could get excited about Jesus. Well, in closing, uh, I want to talk about something we talked about sort of on the last episode, which I think bears repeating because something that we said this very week pro- proved to be true. And we were talking about the fact that just because we have a six-three majority on the Supreme Court, the Republicans do, doesn't mean the Republicans are always going to vote that way. And then, sure enough. We have this case from Alabama that is thrown out by the Supreme Court, which is basically a Republican-drawn redistricting that really disenfranchised black voters. And the court right. voted 5-4. Uh, John Roberts and Brett Kavanaugh right. uh, joined the three liberal justices and got this struck down. And everybody, I guarantee you, if you would have asked every single Republican out there how this was going to go, an overwhelming majority would have said that this is going to be upheld. It's going to be upheld probably six to three. Yeah. And everybody was shocked. And it's like everybody on the left, too, by the way, everybody on the left, too, that swore that we were that this was it. This was going to be more proof. And it's like that these judges were yeah, like, no, they are doing their jobs. They're not always going to do it the way we want them to. They're not always going to. They may not always do what what is the right thing, but they did in this case and they're going to do it in other cases, too. And, you know, it's not as simple as, you know, just because Trump is trying to partisanize or, you know, turn the Supreme Court into a partisan institution doesn't mean the justices themselves are going to do that. Right. Once they're in, that's part of it. So this is the reason why everybody that wants to, to talk about term limits for these people, this is the biggest argument against term limits because an unfettered Brett Kavanaugh, right, who now can't get unless he's impeached and he's not going to be impeached. Yeah, he's now able to rule uh, according to his own thoughts, and it didn't follow with what uh, with with what shoot with what anybody on the Republican side wanted. Right? It's yeah. this is certainly not a Federalist society. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, yeah. And, and and guess what? It's going to empower blacks further. Yeah, it's empowering in, in a state in a state where it is drastically needed. Like right. Alabama <laughs> is already one of the most. It's already drawn legislatively in a way that does not benefit Democrats. It does not benefit right. people of color. Right. Like, and this would have been a final nail in that coffin. Right. And the fact that it was kicked back means that maybe there is hope. Maybe there is progress to be made there. You know, we had Patricia Todd on earlier in in, in, in uh, the season, and it was like, yeah, like I mean, things are bad in Alabama on a legislative front, but like. Decisions like this help. They really do help. And it right. gives me and it gives me even more optimism that maybe we're not going to see this just like, you know, ardent, entrenched right wing Supreme Court that so many liberals are afraid of. This tells right. me that we're not going to see that. Not the way I mean, people have, have talked about. Certainly a conservative court. Absolutely. And be, by the way, there's going to be people that argue that Roberts is still trying to backfill his Citizens United decision. Right. Uh, but I don't care that he's trying to backfill it. You know what? Good. Let him backfill a little and clean up some of this mess. So I, 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 by the way, I was funny when I saw that happen, I was like, 
I knew it. And I'm glad that this has happened. And I only wish I could shove it down more people's throats because I was like, you know, I think they're not going to be as conservative as you might gather. I think that it's possible that the arguments against these people as conservative justices included the need for them to fuck this up. And so since it's not, it's proving the people on the right wrong. It's also proving a lot of doomsayers on the left wrong. And I kind of am happy with that. Well, look, and let's, and let's say we, let's say 2024 goes in a way where we end up with a democratic president and a democratic controlled Congress. Let's say that happens. We need a conservative court. Yeah. We want a conservative court. That's the whole idea of checks and balances. That's the whole reason our structure of government exists. Like we don't want one party, you know, over every single branch of the government, or at least I don't. I want there to be some checks and some balances. Well, well you and see so- what you, yeah, you see what's going on in California. A lot of the issues that California is experiencing is because it's a one-party state. It's a one-party state, and we're starting to see the cracks in a one-party state. And in fact, and you're starting to see people leave that one-party state in record numbers. It's the first time first time California has shrunk in 40 years, something like that. And Crazy. it's like and it's like why can't your state just be for everybody? Like be for every I, I yes you're going to have a certain party in charge, but like it doesn't mean that you're that's the thing that I feel like politicians I know politicians has forgotten is like Marjorie Taylor Greene is a good example, right? She's been elected as the Republican representative for for her district. She's still representing the Democrats in that district. Right. And she should still be like, but that's the difference, right? She doesn't give a shit about them. Right. And she doesn't do anything for them. She has to be there. She has to be their representative too. And she's not. She's not. And like, you've got to represent, like you may be a Democrat controlled state and Democrats may be in charge. You still have a shit ton of Republicans in that state and you have to represent them too. And you can't just be like, well, you lost, fuck off. You can do that. But then guess what? They're going to fuck off. Right. (laughs) They're going to leave, and then your state's going to be in a tailspin. And I was telling a friend this the other day, like, and, uh, you know, this is coming from somebody who's actually probably moving back to Southern California relatively soon. But, like, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what California is going to look like in 10 years. Because in addition to all the political stuff, like, no state other, with the exception of maybe Florida, is going to be hit as hard by natural disasters as California is. Right. Like, you've got, I mean, a, apart from the fact that you've got all the weird weather phenomena, you've got earthquakes, you've got wildfires, you've got rising sea levels. You, I mean, like, like California is going to be fucked <laughs> eventually. Yep. Yes. And, you know, what's it even going to look like in 10 years? I don't know. Right. Okay, well, Billy Ray, on that note, Jesus Christ. Okay. I know. Let's leave everybody on do a I, really upbeat positive Do I need note. to leave California now? Fuck. Uh, right. Everybody in California, get out of there now. Uh, that's our episode <laughs> for this week. Uh, just a couple of schlubs bloviating. Um, <laughs> I think we I think we got across what we wanted to get across this week, Eric. No, this is good, man. This is really good. Thanks again, man. Absolutely. Um, I'm not going to tell you what we're doing next week because I don't want to tell you and then it'd be wrong. So I'm just going to say we're going to have another awesome episode next week and we might have a guest. Uh, it might be us. It might be a different format. Who knows? We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yep. And I can't wait for you to come out here so we could do. Uh, we should do like a real, like an in real, like an IRL stream. I know. We can, <laughs> when I get back, we can actually start doing IRL recordings. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> um, the Center Clueless podcast is produced by Ryan Verrill. Hi, Ryan. Please visit us at centerclueless.com for more information or find us on the socials at Center Clueless. Please, 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 please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, like right now. Pause the podcast. <laughs> go to Apple Podcasts. Five stars. Rate yeah. review us. Yeah. Five stars if you feel it. If four is what you feel, that's fine too. Anything less than that, don't be a dick. Um, <laughs> uh, Tell your friends to tune in. Help spread the word. If you have a question, comment, or criticism, yes, we take criticisms too. You can email us at centerclueless at gmail.com. That's all of it. Thanks so much for thanks so much, everybody, for listening. And please, yeah, I, I want to hear some comments, preferably stuff that challenges what we say so we can talk. Please about it. challenge us because we're probably wrong some of the times. Tell us that we're wrong, please. I want to know. Um, until next time, whether you're left, right, or somewhere in the center. We hope you say a little less clueless, just like us. <laughs>